Hi everyone and welcome to The Mind Behind It. My name is Huda. And I am Sahil. Um, hi, I'm Mikey Biddlestone. Um, I'm a PhD researcher at the University of Kent um, and I study the social motives that predict conspiracy beliefs in general. Hi, I'm Ricky Green. Um, I'm a third year PhD student at the University of Kent and also studying the psychology of conspiracy theories, um, looking at the psychological factors that um, make them uh, appealing to people and particularly look at um, like attachment anxiety as a predictor of conspiracy beliefs in my research. Ricky, we'll start with you first and also feel free to just jump in at any point, you know, insert funny jokes. The more funny you are, the more chances we'll put your podcast up. If it's shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> One person just gets omitted completely. You're, so um, so not many people, you know, uh, when they're growing up, think about this is what I want to study. This is... yeah. So obviously you were really popular amongst your friends because everyone else <laughs> studied like engineering or any of those other useless professions that don't mean anything. Conspiracy <laughs> theories is where it's at. Yes, it is. So what was the inspiration for both of you to kind of get in there? Well, for me, uh, I, as soon as I found out that there was actually research on this phenomenon, you know, belief in conspiracy theories, that's when I decided that's what I want to research because I was looking at all the topics and but yeah, conspiracy theories is just like, yeah, most topical, interesting for me anyway. So that's kind of why I got into it. And, and that's actually why I went to the University of Kent as well. So just to boost Kent up a little bit, there's there's tons of uh, psychological conspiracy theory research being done there. Is there uh, a reason for that? No, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know how it's ended up working out like that. Actually, Canterbury voted Labour recently. So they seem a little bit sane-minded, but in my, on, on my perspective anyway. But yeah, I, I realised that there's research in this area, and then uh, and then I found Professor Karen Douglas, and um, I, I yeah I emailed her asking if she was taking on any more students, and uh, she was thankfully, and um, so that's kind of how I got into it, just because I saw that there was actually research into it, and and also personally myself, I've, I know a lot of friends that believe in them as well, and when I was growing up, you know, I used to entertain conspiracy theories as well with with my friends, like when we're uh, hanging around their house and stuff watching these videos so it was just rep it was just a really good uh topic to get into to figure out you know why my friends are believing in them and and other people do you remember the first one the first one that kind of blew your mind where you went <laughs> i was gonna ask that yeah don't steal my question think about you your stole own mine <laughs> yeah the lizards the, the shape-shifting lizards is the most fascinating one for me do Wait. you know about them no no. You don't know about these? Oh, okay. Wow. So they're, um, they're, they're chameleons? Kind of, um, but basically, yeah. some people believe that there's shape-shifting lizard people out there. Yeah, so uh, people, people. people come from another... There are certain people who yeah. came from another planet, which were yeah. essentially lizards and reptiles. That's why some people yeah. look like lizards as well. Isn't this your story mm -hmm. that yeah. you... Oh, I've got a great story for this as well, okay. which will make the podcast way more interesting than it currently is. No, I'm just kidding. You guys are really awesome. Anyways, yeah, so can you tell us about the lizard conspiracy and which one of your mates came up with it? <laughs> well, it's my mate David Icke, actually. Uh, hey, shout out to David. <laughs> yeah. with all his no, he, he, he's a prominent like British conspiracy theorist and he didn't really necessarily come up with this on his own. It's, it comes from science fiction uh, stories and things like that. And yeah, he basically... Anyone who's powerful, conveniently, is a lizard. So the Queen... What? Um, Jewish David as well, Cameron. seems to be. Yeah, 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 or, or Jewish. But yeah, it's just, it's just that, you know, they think that all powerful people are lizards and they are the ones who actually control the world. And also the moon is a big satellite that controls us and keeps us under this illusion. So yeah, I find that to be the most fascinating uh, odd conspiracy. When did it start? I mean, the whole New World Order and like Illuminati stuff is always tied into one, you know? So there's the, I forget the exact name, but something like the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which was this like 1903 book, I think, that was written. It's, t it's turned out that essentially it was Russian misinformation from 1903, which was basically this kind of anti-Semitic fake text, which was supposed to be laying out the kind of world domination plans the Elders of Zion have, right? So. That is kind of the origin, I think, of a lot of these conspiracies, which are like a small, powerful group, right? They often are anti-Semitic. So I think the lizard th theories kind of come out of that sort of anti-Semitism. And, you know, I think it's David Icke's flavor of anti-Semitism, basically, is what that is. He needed a new name other than like bankers or something. So he called them lizard people instead. Mm. Um, yeah, it's more just catchy. Surprise, surprise, just, yeah, it is. It's more catchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It feels more anti-Semitic somehow. Like they managed to update it. But yeah. <laughs> it's shit for lizards. 
Because I'm certain, like, they didn't, they don't think themselves as evil. Like, they're probably pretty pissed off with the rest of the humans because they're on the fucking walls most of the time and they're exactly. just going, how do we... Taking up all the resources. Yeah, and they're, they're just like, now they fucking think that all these evil people are lizard people, which is the idea of misinformation that you said, which has been used for years and years to exploit people. You know, it's, it's really helped segregate and divide people so that controlling them becomes a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. I think it's like the information version of divide and conquer, right? Like that kind of very old. I wonder who came up with divide and conquer. <laughs> going to the origins. We're going way back. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, it couldn't have been the British, though. Yeah, I think it could have been the British. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> probably older, probably older. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just zero claims. <laughs> zero accountability. <laughs> Did I just divide and conquer the Zoom call, or was that... <laughs> Well, uh, technically, I'm uh, not technically. There's no technicality here. I'm Indian and she's Pakistani. So the main reason that our countries were split because of... <laughs> you bastards. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Both of you. Oh, I don't think... <laughs> what about you, Mikey? How did you end up being interested? What was your childhood like? Uh, I was always very interested in like uh, weird stuff, basically. I mean, I know that's very vague, but things that kind of make me realize there's stuff out there that I had no idea you know I couldn't comprehend that that would exist until someone says it to me you know so uh, I used to be very interested well still I'm very interested in just really dark things you know the classic thing of like serial killers all of that kind of stuff um, and conspiracy beliefs sort of like fell into that as a similar thing but I also have lots of memories of like when I was a teenager and documentaries like Zeitgeist came out and things and I just was really kind of gobsmacked that some of my friends were really like no but they've got a point here you know and it just kind of baffling to me that they could yeah eat that up and it was just not profound to me at all I was like this is not new information the religious stuff and I don't know yeah. it just seemed really out there so yeah anything that kind of captures my imagination is weird or makes me disturbed or something like that yeah so that's why I did it so I kind yeah. of like have a little like conspiracy theories belief mm-hmm. like I have this thing where I'm pretty sure that COVID-19 was planted <laughs> Yeah, that's a big one, which which Professor Karen has written a lot about. Like, I'm almost convinced until you convince me otherwise. Well, Professor Karen wrote that there's about six conspiracy theories that are out there about COVID-19 and how it kind of came during the time of, you know, when people were just sitting at home and they needed something to, you know, to stick to. See, but I wasn't sitting at home, so I'm not. Like, I was still working throughout that entire time. So she's just one of those friends that you have who just believe them. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) It's even worse. No, there are reasons. We can we can analyze you if you like. Yes, please, <laughs> analyze. Analyze me. So what, was the, what, what are the COVID conspiracy theory that you know about? Like, what do you the mean? The one that planted? I believe, yeah. I basically, due to population control or some form of control, it was planted. But how did the population get controlled? More people were having sex, sitting at home, producing more kids. Everyone was having a kid. So how did it that is true. The people were having a kid, but I think it was about the old people more so than anything. So they needed more younger people. So like works out really well, actually. Who's they? The government. Lizards. Yes. I think I think <laughs> that the, go- the government Illuminati. is it's always conspiring. <laughs> Um, how, how do you think they planted it? In food. It's fucking easy. I mean, I could plant it in your food if I wanted. I mean, I'd have to go find COVID first. But yeah, exactly. So where do you think COVID came they from? They would have made it in a lab. Like, they've got people. All right. What do you guys think about this? Yes, tell me. Psychoanalyze me. <laughs> your description's quite vague so far, so it's quite hard to tell, like, what well, it's specifically quite would be the circumstances. But I think at, at that point, <laughs> at that mm. point, it's kind of irrelevant, though. Is, what I would say is, I can't remember the name. I think it's, like, teleological thinking or something they call it, where basically I've heard your circumstances before. that you're in now, you kind of, like, backtrack to explain why you're at this point, you know, and you have to fit all of the narrative. So it's essentially mm-hmm. like a selection bias, right? And it sounds like there's a bit of that, which is that, you know, we're at this point. I mean, I don't mean you specifically. I mean, in general, the COVID conspiracies and, yep. you know... He does at this point, you. we're at this big event that's <laughs> He happened. does mean you, seriously. Be, yeah, including you. There must, be, um, there must be a big explanation for why this big event's happened, right? It can't just be that randomly a virus has happened like it has 100 years ago or 100 yeah. years before that, you know? It can't Look, be that again. I can easily believe respect. that viruses happen. Um, especially the way that we live environmentally. And it's a natural force. Like, obviously, bacteria growth can mutate and shit happens. Like, And I also do believe that with COVID, the most the reason it was so big is because of media anyway. You know, in previous years, viruses haven't made it this bad in a... In a... Viruses haven't made it this big. <laughs> they, haven't made, they haven't been this popular since, <laughs> you know, God knows how long. It is because of it's COVID. Michael Jackson, 
pedophilia yeah. and then viruses. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that's a conspiracy theory too. The natural progression. Well, mm. what do you think about well, that? Michael Jackson yeah. pedophiled COVID nineteen into the world. Yeah, pedophile. Never considered that. That's like something he's just made. <laughs> pedophiled it <laughs> all the way in. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to say just on the um, COVID being created. That you know, these are actually legitimate theories in the who's or who's investigations into the origin of COVID nineteen. So they just there's ongoing investigations at the moment. So it's quite plausible that it has come from a lab I'd say that you know the purposefulness of planting it I'd say is you know I can't believe that at the moment because I'd need to then then I'd need to think that there's so many more people involved like you know something like this even if even if it could be quite small just planting COVID somewhere was going to involve a lot of people and a lot of secrets and that's where I think like a lot of things just for me like it doesn't make sense like there has to be too many people involved government there's a lot of people in government well but then they say there's only one government like the one world order no but they all communicate with each other they've got like antennas on their head (laughs) they just communicate with each other you know what I am starting to think very like I am a little bit foolish but that is where it ends for me what about the blood the blood of the children and stuff what about all that shit oh so okay so now we've we've jumped topics to QAnon really quickly yeah QAnon's a big one because there was this yeah, uh, Indian person who came on um, CNN and he became this m- massive whistleblower. And, he sp- and he, he's actually from Australia who spoke about how he was an ardent QAnon believer mm. until Biden came into the presidency and suddenly they started saying that, hey, Trump's going to come back to power. And then he was like, holy shit, this was all a lie. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really interesting because... Well, I said interesting again. It's not that interesting. <laughs> the idea of, you know, this one single person controlling the entire fight back against, like, blood-sucking people or this... Scho- sounds such a great idea for a movie story. Like, it is mm-hmm. it is so fantastical that you almost want to believe it. Mm-hmm. Because then your life is not normal. I think most of the people mm-hmm. are scared of living very normal lives. So suddenly, if you're part of something that's so special, you go, fuck, I, I feel special. Mm-hmm. But that could be also because purpose-driven people. Well, human beings need a purpose. I think there's a big cult element to QAnon, you know, that whole doomsday cult thing where I think one of the biggest issues was they, they actually did put a date and they said, you know, on the on the inauguration, they're going to start arresting random people and all that stuff. When that doesn't happen, that's really like, you know, I think similar to doomsday cults, you know, where the, the world doesn't end and then suddenly a lot of the cult members, either they've killed themselves or they kind of go, actually, you know, fuck this. And they kind of leave the cult or they're the leader. So then they, they update their prediction, you know? Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah, they update their prediction just like, oh, well, it hasn't <laughs> happened for this reason. Uh, so it's going to happen on for the next days. But the difference with this, though, like Trump's gone now and you are seeing a lot of QAnon believers that, like going, what the hell did I believe in? Yeah. Uh, and it's really, it's good to see that actually when we're, because we've, you know, we try to uh, speak with people sometimes online on Reddit, like conspiracy believers, and we don't get anywhere. But it's just really great to see people having their eyes open by themselves, you know, with with the facts not going in their favour co- consistently. You know, the Reddit, the subreddit, which is about uh, people who've been whose families have been separated mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. QAnon. Yeah. yeah. And, oh yes. Yeah. Yeah, and mm. and and that is actually the sad part about you know when conspiracy theories are taken too far. It's just starts dividing families and mm. two people who just can't live in the same household because the husband believes mm-hmm. in something and the wife believes in something else. And a lot of QAnon believers went through that. There were divorces, there were families mm. just being shattered all the time. Mm. And that's, as you guys study as well and teach, it's the dangers of believing in something that could go that far. Mm. Yeah. Well, have you guys have you guys yeah. been mates or like had a family member that's been kind of, I don't know, painfully into conspiracy theories? I don't know. Like, have you ever down had to deal with someone that's been yeah, down the rabbit hole? But not crazy, like not stupid, but she will bring out some pretty good bangers. I think she's a bit of a, like a conspiracist. Is that, mm-hmm. how yeah, they, yeah. Is that what they call? Uh, Conspiracist, I think. Oh, okay. Conspiracy. Conspiracy. I've only seen it written to me. Yeah, yeah well, theorist. Conspiracy yeah. theorist. theorist. But I think for her, it's we want to live in a world where our governments are questioned enough. And I kind of want you guys to talk about the idea of independent thought and free thought. Because it could be said that free thought when totally unencumbered can really take it too far, right? Mm-hmm. And do we actually have free thought yeah. or, or the freedom of freely thinking without misinformation? Because, yes, we can say that... You know, the Russians spread that misinformation 100 years ago, but it's even more now. 
So uh, mm. when we say we believe in something, what is it based on now? And how should you critically think about things? Well, one of the ways to start, I guess, is like, what's it motivated by, right? So one of the disciplines that we come from is that kind of, we're sort of driven by our motivations a bit. So essentially the idea, the general idea of our research is that, you know, we've got these universal sort of psychological needs as humans. And when those needs aren't met, then you're kind of motivated to try and satisfy these needs, right? So this is like a need for control, a need to feel powerful in your environment, a need to kind of understand and feel certain about your environment, feel identification with groups, that kind of thing. So when those those needs are kind of thwarted, then that's when, you know, the theory is that we kind of turn to conspiracy beliefs in order to explain or to satisfy these needs kind of thing. So in that sense, I think when, you know, you're, you're doing free thinking, but you're, I mean, you know, it's always impossible to actually really define this, but when you're engaging in free thinking in order to kind of defend your in-group or in order to explain sort of anxious circumstances in the world, then that's when I think you need to be a bit more observant of like your behavior, you know, or your thoughts, because you need to question why do you really believe this? Is it because the evidence is clearly stating that? Or is it because you're kind of ignoring all of the evidence that doesn't, you know, go towards satisfying this need and uh, I think a lot of Ricky stuff kind of goes directly to that as well with attachment yeah. writers yeah yeah I was just going to say that because a lot of the conspiracy theorists might say that they are doing their own research and you hear that a lot you know and they tell you to do your own research as well which I always find quite funny because yeah the, the research that they do would be like YouTube looking at YouTube videos and I think it's great that they're you know trying to do their own researching but just by taking one you know they, they won't they won't listen to any sort of official accounts they won't listen to who their government but they will listen to someone on youtube and i think that's a lot to do with what as mike has brought up these motivations that we have and these conspiracy theories really play on these motivations so for instance like we know that people are drawn to them if they feel highly anxious and conspiracy theories play on that anxiety so if you talk about QAnon they talk about how you know kids are being um, uh, uh, trafficked and killed for their blood you know they're playing on anxieties of child welfare and, and I don't know if you saw this but when social media companies start to try to get rid of uh, QAnon they start to get rid of some hashtags online where yep. we go on one with we go all they got rid of that yeah that turned into save the children yeah because they couldn't use that anymore so then they use the hashtag save the children and then that's you know brought in a lot more people to QAnon because it's playing on playing with the anxieties. yeah and and so people just need to be aware of that you know that these conspiracy theories play on people's emotions and so you know in that regard it, it plays on anxieties but QAnon so as Mikey said people people are drawn to them as well for like epistemic reasons for the for the way that we think and if you look at Q drops have you heard of them no. So no. no. So this is so this is how Q communicates. It drops information, but like incoherent. It seems codey. It seems like something to figure out. It's like an anagram or something. But he drops these all the time. And this is what this is how QAnon became so big because of these Q drops. They drop incoherent information saying that there's going to be things happening on these days, but there's nothing. You know, you can't really make sense of it. But some people were able to make patterns out of nothing. You know, that they can see patterns where they don't exist. And this is another thing which draws people to conspiracy theories. And QAnon plays on that with these cryptic Q-drops. That's, uh... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love how ambiguous that is, though. It's well, like almost, yeah. it's almost like a religion, if you think about it. Like, Well, there's this stuff, this stuff about, like, spirituality, you know, it, it comes from similar sort of existential needs. It's just that with a conspiracy theory, you're targeting an outgroup, right? You're specifying, this, these are the people responsible for why there's all of this stuff I can't prove, you know? They have been compared, actually, like some other papers have compared conspiracy beliefs to religious beliefs. And in fact, it was <laughs> saying that they're very much the same thing, apart from the fact that there just isn't churches that you can go to to pray for your belief or your conspiracy belief that's like the only difference between near enough uh, between um conspiracy beliefs and religion uh, that's why they can't be called a cult as well in a way yes it's true yeah i'm very very interested in scientology and it's really funny how scientology has always targeted these vulnerable actors because we are supposed to be open to the world and so tom cruise is not allowed to have anyone around him that's not a scientologist so to get to <laughs> tom cruise you need to go through like 10 to 15 people who are all scientologists at different level and he's at the like the topmost level but if you think about a ron hubbard story about how he wanted scientology to grow like part of his initiative was to get celebrities mm -hmm. so that yeah of course yeah it's that endorsement right yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and, and they can pay the money to get the premium exactly. membership as well yeah, right? it's the money. <laughs> and then there's mm -hmm. these massive like in florida most of the big buildings and real estate are all owned by scientologists and they don't pay any tax on that and so if you or i were to join scientology tomorrow we would have to pay for their courses every course and this podcast would be over too 
or this podcast <laughs> might blow up. <laughs> but I can't talk to you anymore, so we just. Why? Mm. Are you meant to not? Oh, I thought we were both going to do it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm. I'm not doing it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you're on your own. <laughs> I'll do it. No, I'll join you. It's going to be such a divide. <laughs> well, you guys will be fine because you have to apparently study every day. So you literally have to study these books, which oh, have been written by Ron Hubbard. So I don't know if many people know Ron Hubbard is. Uh, he has written the most number of books in the world. Most number of fiction really? books in the world. Yes. Is that not just the thing that Ron Hubbard said? No, well, possibly true. <laughs> he might have said that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good one. Hey, I saw what you did. Tom Cruise wouldn't be happy with you. <laughs> so that's they... It. I gotta lay low for a while. Yeah. <laughs> He's just in the bunker. You're in the right place, Kent. <laughs> <laughs> the bars are open. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! For Ricky, Ricky, you were talking about what you're working on right now, which is called the separation factor, or you're researching on it, like how attachment. You mean attachment? Well, it's the other side. It's the other side. I should, I should have figured that. Uh, yeah, you were smart enough. Well, That's yes. actually pretty funny. So, can you talk about that? Attachment has a very negative connotation now in this current world, and it's how, what is it about, and and how does it relate to conspiracy theories? Did you just? That piss? was very quick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was actually insanely quick. <laughs> He's like just got piss all over his wall. That's <laughs> <laughs> in my pants. I'm not. <laughs> So we were just asking Ricky a question we just thought. About the attachment theory. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So everyone has attachment. And what attachment means is uh, when, when I talk about attachment styles, we all have different ways that we approach relationships, you know, with our friends and family or partners. And most of us are securely attached. Generally, it's like 60% of people are, have a secure attachment. And what that means is you, you have positive views of yourself, and others in relationships so you don't feel anxious and you um, don't have distrust of people so you do trust people and you also have confidence in your own abilities so you're securely attached that means that you can you know that means you're quite functioning well basically like you're less likely to have anxiety basically attachment is like a bit of a antecedent of anxiety and depression and other uh, psychological uh, issues it's a safety you know, I really see it as one of the yeah basically like how how your attachment style comes about it starts from really early on early childhood experiences and that's what really molds it and and gives you your predominant attachment style but that's not you know it can change if you have good relationships you know depending on your relationships later on but basically to have a secure relationship means that you've had a history of successful relationships people have been there when you when you've needed them that you know you okay so you can most people grow up secure because most kids their parents are kind of there for them and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean you have to have both parents there as long as you've just got someone who's always there for you if you're a kid and you're crying forever and no one's coming then then you're gonna yeah be insecure as you kind of grow up so it can start that early it does start that early. It does start that early. And, uh, you know, from, from that really critical age as a baby, you know, they're helpless, absolutely helpless. And they're just um, at the beck and call of their caregiver. And so if you're always there for that baby, you can't overindulge, by the way. I think that's a bit of a myth. You know, you can't overindulge. If the baby's crying, see to them. They're in distress. If you don't see to them, they're going to start thinking, well, no one's there to help me. Unless yeah. your baby's yeah. an arsehole. Yeah. <laughs> no, narcissistic arsehole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so most people would grow up secure, but then there's two predominant patterns of caregiving that will then create like insecure attachment. So if you're never there for that baby, like, you know, young child, they, they will stop crying after a while because there's no one's going to come. So they, so they learn to suppress, they learn to deal with stuff on their own and they have distrust of others, but they, but they tend to have a positive view of themselves. They grow up having what's called an avoidant attachment style. They dislike closeness with, you know, you see people like that. They, they're quite, awkward, you know, they prefer to be on their own. And, but then you get uh, another pattern of caregiving where they are sometimes there for the child and sometimes not. And that's inconsistent caregiving. And that creates anxiety because they have had care. They like it and they still want it. But because it's sometimes there, sometimes not, they think it's their fault that the care is not there. So then they start creating negative views of themselves, but they still have positive views of others because when the caregiver comes, they love it, they're happy. But then they think it's their fault when they're not always there. So basically, this is the attachment style, which, I've, which I'm finding to be a predictor of conspiracy belief. People who have 
attachment anxiety. So it's not avoidance, it's, it's, it's attachment anxiety. So people who have negative views of themselves and don't think that they're able to deal with life's problems themselves. People who, who need help from others, they are the ones that I'm finding are more likely to be drawn to conspiracy theories. But I think you opened a big can of worms there because I find that a lot of people who are massively... And I mean, on, on the extreme of, of conspiracy mm-hmm. theories, I think it's harder to say for people who are kind of in the middle, mm-hmm. yep. you know, who yep. sometimes believe in some things and don't in the others, but who are on the extreme. They, like this person who came out as a whistleblower talked about how he was like addicted to QAnon. He said that he was so depressed that he didn't leave the house for mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. All he would do is just that, that that becomes your life because there's mm-hmm. nothing else outside of it. So you've attached yourself to that. Yeah. And that yeah. provides mm-hmm. you with meaning. Mm-hmm. And and I think on the other hand, like attachment theories can explain so many things, even in everyday relationships. Yeah. Like well, you we, definitely yeah. open a can of worms for me. Like you, you have a better, if you have an understanding of something, there's a bigger chance of you trying to amend it. Mm. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's what kind of what we were yeah. getting at earlier with the motives part, you know, it's like you don't necessarily know why you're doing it, but if you know more about that and what can cause mm-hmm. those connections, then at least you can be, you know, cautious of those, yeah, those motives that you're not necessarily aware of naturally um what's driving your behavior mm. he's like mind blown i can see it he's like in, <laughs> he's like in a worm like he's like in a wormhole right now like no, thinking about his life attachment theory is really really good it's uh, it's one of the like strongest theories in in psychology actually yeah it um, is and and it's one that explains from cradle to to the grave basically and there's not many theories out there like that and it really stands a lot of testing as well there's actually four types but basically, i thought so there was like another yeah, one yeah yeah basically like it's, it's there's, there's these two dimensions which which make up your attachment style anxiety and avoidance yeah and if you're low on anxiety and you're low on avoidance then you are secure because you are you're not anxious and you're happy to see other people you're secure but if you're high anxious and low avoidance then you're have attachment anxiety high avoidance low anxiety you have attachment avoidance but then if you're high on both then that's really unfortunate. You're pretty fucked. You're, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. It's it's called um, avoidant disorganized or something. I feel, I feel for these people actually, and that's only about three to five percent of the population that are high avoidant. And well, three to five percent is quite that's, a lot. I still of, feel like they. Well, it's. I feel like I've met them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love that he's looking whoa, whoa, at us as well. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see what you did there. Like you said, like three to five percent of the people. That's in in terms of knowing that what what is sort of the the support that they can get to kind of get out of this if they are on that high scale of um, uh, high anxiety and high mm. attachment how well what's what's kind of the solution yeah. i mean if it's a if it's an actual issue and it's becoming a detriment to their lives in some way then then there is like cbt uh, cognitive behavior yeah, therapy. therapy there is yeah there, there is stuff like that that actually that specifically targets like attachment anxieties or just general like you know anxieties and and things like that i mean basically there is professional help that people can get so we've only found that relationship that attachment anxiety predicts conspiracy belief we don't know why yet so we're looking into something that can explain it and people with attachment anxiety have a tendency to catastrophize you know they, yep. they make a situation seem considerably worse than it actually is why i think that they are drawn to them is because they have a tendency to catastrophize make things seem considerably worse than what they are yeah so what i was going to get about how can we help people is if you notice if you feel like someone that has maybe attachment anxiety and you can see that they're maybe making something seem as worse than what it actually is then just try and tell them that it isn't <laughs> yeah. as bad as as things are and just be there for them it's like the same as calm down yeah Yeah. Grab them by the shoulders and shake them really hard. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 That's the worst thing thing you can do because it's a really annoying phrase. (laughs) (laughs) The the scary part or the difficult part about this is you don't realize how quickly you're going down the rabbit hole. So Yeah, people don't know. You're like, oh my God, this is so accurate. And you just keep looking at more stuff. And and suddenly it all starts making sense in your head and you go, holy shit, I was right. That's why it's, it's been compared to like radicalization in that sense. You know, radicalization has that sort of rabbit hole effect and I think that's you know why they kind of bring up the YouTube algorithm thing and all that kind of thing it's like your brain kind of gets slowly morphed into this like understanding of the world or a different worldview or something you know it's like it kind of gets immersed in this in this new reality or whatever which is definitely like a radicalization thing it is because I find them interesting as well though that's the other thing like you know like? well for example COVID stuff right yeah you know it 
it is true that there is a higher older population in China and they need more younger people and the ratios are off. So you could easily just say, yeah, well, that makes logical sense for the government to therefore plant COVID to create that sort of... Just to, just to go against that, then I'd say that, but they, but they quickly locked down. And they I was going to say longer. exactly the same thing. And yeah. but a lot of... Why would they want it to spread around the world, right? Like Because if anything, yeah. you wouldn't want to kill most of the people outside of China because China being yeah. the main supplier of the world, they'd want more people around if, the world yeah. to be consuming. From yeah, well, I, I was going to say, if anything, to go with your uh, the conspiracy that it was planted, that if they were going, if China was going to do it, then it would be to economically hurt the world and mm. to let them, you know, because they have the first hand, they can let it spread, let it spread around the world, sort themselves out, and then let everyone else's economies get fucked up whilst they're all fine. I mean, it did mm. end up spreading, and it did affect the economy. It did like, affect the economy, definitely. But then at the same time, they 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 have never been yeah. more billionaires in the world than now. Yeah, which is really which is really bizarre. Well, yeah, and you know that that is actually a point that I think you know when you're saying that some conspiracy theories seem logical, I think there's some kernels of truth in, in a lot of conspiracy theories, and that's why they stand the test of time, I guess. You know, because they are just slightly believable. You know, there is some logic to them. Like for me, you know, as I said, I used to entertain conspiracy videos quite a bit. My friends back in the day, and I also used to be like oh yeah that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense but what i've come to realize now is that a lot of the like zeitgeist for instance um uh, the religious conspiracy parts i didn't uh, i thought was a load of rubbish but when they talk about economy and saying how the economy is rigged and things like that and now we have a bit more billionaires during a pandemic well yeah that that gets my conspiracy alarm bells ringing a little bit you know like but the way i look at it now is that this is just business this is just capitalism this yes. is just yeah this is just meetings behind closed doors with ceos that sounds like a conspiracy theory it's not mm. it's just business they want to make a profit they they're, they're going to do it uh, against the public you know that that's that's their plan Mm. And I don't see nothing wrong with that. If I want to make a business, I'm going to want to make profit as well. Well, Michael, yeah. don't go into business with Ricky. <laughs> well, but send it over. <laughs> fascinating point. Um, I, I don't know if you uh, heard about the, the the stock called GME, which exploded. Oh, that GME yes. one. Yeah, 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 yeah GME yeah. exploded, yes. and mm. and um, mm. you know, yeah, yeah, we'll again, it, it became massive on Reddit. Some Reddit tends to be this uh, old ideas that kind of take a lot of you know strength from the people who who are on it mm -hmm. and everyone was really upset about the fact that you know uh, big traders do it all the time they basically mm -hmm. make it look like that the stock is in power and like mm -hmm. the stock is going to grow and then they suddenly sell everything and the stock goes down so that they end up making money I, I he got swept into it he got well. into it because m mostly because i was really really pissed and it's it's just mm -hmm. ironic that we created the system and now we kind of go no fuck the system mm -hmm. there's also the thing of like with you know especially with the zeitgeist thing that ricky mentioned you know there's this sort of i think it's the third one you said there's this like utopian yes, view yeah. of what economy should be like I, i find it like impossible to argue with someone who's a communist because you can't beat a communist on theoretical arguments you know and then when you get to like the reality part that's when it starts to kind of fall apart and make it a bit more complicated and that kind of thing and i feel like there's a similar element with these like conspiracy beliefs and stuff you know is that once you actually put them to test in the real world or unpredictable variables of humans you know and how they interact with each other when you bring up those those concerns that's when it starts to become a bit more implausible you know yeah in that sense what's the most interesting reason research that you've kind of found other than the attachment types is there anything else that you kind of found that you've gone what the fuck I did not expect that it's, it's not so much that I didn't expect it we actually like hypothesized it but what I found was really interesting was uh, so we have this this variable which is like uh, collective narcissism so basically there's like um, conventional kind of in-group identification can be really positive right it, it has positive outcomes people can uh, sort of rally around this identity and, and get kind of yeah positive outcomes in society and for themselves as a group that kind of thing as strengthening groups right But there's also this kind of version of identification which is insecure. So it's kind of based on the need to sort of like serve the self rather than the group. So in that sense, it's kind of narcissistic in the way that it's defensive, right? It's insecure and this kind of thing. That kind of identification tends to predict conspiracy beliefs, whereas conventional identification doesn't, right? And what we found was not only does it predict belief in conspiracy theories it actually also predicts intentions to conspire against your fellow in-group members so basically like people who have this form of identification you know these people who believe in conspiracy theories that are usually specifically about outgroups right so you know china invented the covid 19 whatever and, and tried to destroy my economy in my country you know that kind of thing that would be 
you know, my defensive sort of explanation as to why it can't have been, you know, for example, the UK that pushed the COVID-19 virus. And the idea there that I'm trying to say is that, you know, these are the people that maybe we should be watching out for because they're likely to actually conspire themselves if you give them the chance. You know, these were things like do surveillance without people's consent on them, you know, monitor their computer activity, promote people who are underachieving but close to you. There's also like really out there ones like, you know, commit acts of terrorism on your own soil. You know, this form of identification was like really detrimental to their in-group as well as, you know, targeting out-groups, which I thought was really interesting. What I was going to say is that Trump is like your, would you say he's the um, typical like collective narcissist, right? Who would conspire yeah. against his own group or something. Definitely, like that. definitely. Which he's yeah. done, like, well, which he did yeah. for a while, yeah. which he did yeah, two yeah, exactly. or four years. Yeah, mm. well, when you talk about actually like, you know, it takes one to know one or like accusing everyone of what you do, you know, all of that stuff about Epstein with Trump and the whole QAnon mm. thing, you know, QAnon is saying that Trump is going to out all of the, the deep state pedophiles. Meanwhile, there's a lot of evidence, like literally from court cases and stuff that he was with Epstein, you know, molesting underage girls and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of politicians were kind of, I guess, involved in that anyway. Mm. Kind of... Which one? Epstein. That was going to be my next point, is is the idea of, you know, somehow the government is a part of creating it, is, is the idea of keeping things a secret. As soon as you keep some sort of a secret, like, it automatically b- becomes a breeding ground for conspiracy theories. Like, mm-hmm. the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing and the fact that Bill Gates was on it, Bill Clinton was on it, which I'm not surprised mm-hmm. that Bill Clinton was on it. Like, yeah. fucking hell. Yeah. Like, dude, he was getting yeah. blown by, like, a chick under his fucking table. <laughs> what do you expect? Like, it's not shocking. But the fact that people kind of actually forgot the real issue at hand and you know it was more interesting to think about all these celebrities who were mm. flying on Lolita Express to go to a yeah. fucking mm. island to to <laughs> fuck with kids the the real issue is it's quite sad and you yeah. know the abuse of women kind of got like people forgot about it because something else was more interesting and dramatic mm-hmm. it's the same that happens with the meat tea stuff as well right it's the celebrity that gets talked about rather than yeah. the victims and that kind of thing is yeah yeah like i think that's the nature of the news part as well so it's quite hard to distinguish whether you know it would be the way that people would react naturally is to just focus on the celebrities or whether that's just like the sort of stories that are pushing it it's hard to say but it does seem like we have this bias as humans right to think about the sort of dark kind of conspiratorial side rather than the fact that someone's been yeah abused and victimized sort of thing for some reason yeah yeah it's like we don't we forget that there's humans involved here and we forget because i i think humans in general are pretty dark and I think course, there's, yeah. there's this need to kind of, you know, absolve ourselves from us, which which is, I think, becomes a real issue at when you start thinking you are so fucking perfect, which we are not. We all enjoy, you know, an element of conspiracy, even enough. Like, what, what, what do most parties consist of? Most parties consist of people gossiping about other people, which is just a rumor yeah. that becomes massive and people yeah. catastrophize it because it becomes a thing that we bond together. So I guess collective nar- narcissism. Yeah. You did. You actually like psychologists now, yeah. In, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Welcome <laughs> to the club. Well, narcissism <laughs> on like an individual level is essentially that, yeah, with conspiracies. You know, when you're when you're individually a narcissist as well, in like a sort of clinical sense, or you have the traits, then yeah, you see everyone is trying to constantly undermine you, kind of interpersonally, right? So any individual sort of thing that you do wrong is someone else's fault. That's kind of a conspiracy, right? You're blaming it on other people. So yeah, exactly that kind of gossiping. Yeah, that's like true. A, a trait of that, yeah. And this is a, a highly debated one: is that people don't who don't want vaccines. People say their yeah. vaccines are oh, shit. Oh, yeah, uh, the vaccine. And yeah. they don't give their kids vaccine and then their kid goes to school and now kids are not allowed to go to a particular school if they don't have a vaccine record. And yeah. suddenly they're shunned away from society. But it's funny that you've got a crew of people that would vaccinate their kids with anything else, but then when it comes to the COVID one, they're like, nah, fuck this. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, uh, oh, Ricky I think was it... saying that in a recent thing, right? About I can't, can't remember. What was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the vaccine thing of like, uh, why is it that only COVID-19 is the one where suddenly all of these theories come about? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's because yeah. it's this big event, so. Sort of thing. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think it is. I think it's just because it's tied with like this threatening event that we're in, right? And also the vaccine's quite new. You know, there's a lot of people that you know validly can question, like you know, it's come out so quickly, not realizing that all the same measures and checks and regulations and whatever else have you have been carried out but it's just because it's out so quick you know it's just a little bit scary basically and that's that's understandable right i can understand that well i i have another thing to say to this actually i think the reason it's so big is because it finally affected the western world SARS yep. came, yeah, yeah. SARS came, yeah. and SARS fucking killed mm-hmm. so many Asian people. Ebola fucking destroyed so much of Africa. Nobody gave a shit. 
yeah. because it didn't affect the Western, you know, Privileged society that well, we live white. in. Now that well, we have two yeah. white guys here, so well, <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to talk about it. Yeah, well, so, we'll so, give so, our so, so, on it. You need it. So, sorry, do so. you mean that that's why vaccines haven't been taken up? No, no, no. I, I was saying that that's why people kind of made it a big deal because it affected, it affected the Western them. world and people right. thinking that COVID-19 vaccine, how did it get made so quickly? But yeah. it wasn't the process, like you said, was like any other process. The mm. same kind of checks were made, but we just didn't know about it because the mm. the rest of them, like Ebola and SARS and what was the other MERS? One? MERS, yeah, MERS. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. all went through the same process, but mm. we didn't know about it because the news outlets just didn't cover it. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. That kind of global aspect to it, right? But it's like the Western global aspect is, yeah. Yeah. yeah the whole pandemic side, definitely. It's true, though. That's because also we are very strong with the media as well. Once again, it just mm. comes back to that. If you think about the... if. If a bunch of us started saying, yeah, I can't wait to take the vaccine, and that became like a fucking a thing, a like, viral thing that happened. Like if I put yeah, a video yeah. up and suddenly others were like, yeah, yeah, fuck this, I'm going to get on it as well. Yeah. Everyone would fucking take the vaccine. Yeah, if Lady yeah. Gaga tomorrow, like, you know, got a vaccine, yeah. I'm sure <laughs> like most, of the, most of the gay people and like Lady Gaga worshippers <laughs> will get it. Because although, although conspiracy theory, a lot of people think she's part of the Illuminati. Mm, yeah. Exactly. You can't yeah. win with it, to be honest. I mean, uh-huh. Fauci got his, didn't he? He got his vaccine and then was like, oh, I got pain on my arm. And they're like, ha, it was the other arm. Yeah. <laughs> like, reverse, yeah. Reversing the image, you know, like, right. yeah, that's very smart. Yeah, that's the same in the UK. I think the first uh, woman to get vaccinated here. Uh, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. There was one picture of her. Uh, of her, her not arm actually getting it. Died. And it was flipped, and now is this on it? It's all fake. See, he's like, what? <laughs> it's, it's, also funny. Like it's, it's crazy that, that they didn't even latch onto the fact that the first guy was called William Shakespeare. Yeah, so perfect. So there was this uh, video that was going viral where people say that uh, these German, like Angela Merkel and stuff, they weren't actually taking the vaccine. So the video actually shows that the needle is going behind the arm, not inside the arm. Have you seen that one? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's actually going, and in one of them, it says that the lid, the cap on the syringe is still on. Oh, my God. <laughs> People are fucking hilarious, though. Come on, that's pretty funny. It is. It's, it's, that is like comedy shit. It's, it's really it good. Is. But it kind of traps people, you know? Like, I agree, it's really funny. I don't mean to put down on it, but yeah, like, I got No, but it's friend, true. But, you know, I don't want to go into too much without, like, you know, giving too much information. But yeah, there's definitely an element where, like, I see him post something on Facebook, and it's just, like, sad as well, you yeah. know? It's like, oh, man, this is in front of, like, people that you know, what you have to do is realise that there's, you know, a flip on the image, and then suddenly it is the right arm with that, you know? <laughs> and it's like, dude, that's it? That's all it took for you to realise that? And I don't know, it just, I just feel embarrassed, you know? More than <laughs> like, it's a bit cringy, and that's, yeah, the sad part for me. <laughs> yeah, I love that he's like... Up on him, though. Uh, <laughs> I won't, I won't. <laughs> I, I've done it. I've done it like four times. So yeah, you've reached <laughs> out. Still good. And I think uh, I think an important factor as well is that people need to realise that news business is a business. Mm. Like I think people forget that news is a yep. business. Yeah. And like when once I start yeah. thinking about that, every everything starts making sense. Yeah, Murdoch is the real I, Illuminati, definitely. Oh. <laughs> I, I agree. Fucking hell. Well, does he own this podcast? I'm assuming. I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah, he. Yeah, it's Rupert Murdoch and uh, uh, the Rothschild. The Rothschild. Yeah, the Rothschild. Like they're supposed to be the most, the richest people in the world, and it's not yeah. actually like Jeff Bezos, Amazon. Like it's, it's not. It's supposed yeah. to be the Rothschild who, who have had money since God knows when. Yeah, it'd be nice to meet their sons. <laughs> <laughs> So there's this new uh, so there's this new trend of gold diggers that's coming up. <laughs> wary of them. <laughs> one one other thing that I kind of wanted to ask you guys was um, with people who who believe in conspiracy theories and and I think all of us kind of seem to believe in some parts of it. There's this act of rebellion which which is which is quite prominent in people who believe in something like that. The act of fighting against the government or going the opposite mm. way or the need to be different it's it's, it's not it's not yeah. okay to be normal anymore because you're boring <laughs> it's too boring. boring so you need to yeah, do yeah. something different like is that something that you guys are looking at as well yeah yeah, yeah. so um, yeah yeah <laughs> so ricky's supervisor actually did a one of the well there's two papers that came out at the same time kind of randomly but yeah they call it the need for uniqueness so it's this need to kind of like express your distinct positive distinctiveness from others right and it comes from this sort of way of bolstering your self-image so if you feel like your self-image is kind of under threat for some reason that you feel a bit worthless or you know like you don't stand up from the crowd or you've got no kind of um, positive traits you know that make you who you are 
uh, you're likely to kind of turn to conspiracy beliefs in order to express and satisfy this need to show your uniqueness, right? But again, you mentioned rebellion as well, and that kind of falls into it exactly. It's, it's like, uh, we call that reactance as well in the psychology literature. So the idea there is that you've got this kind of sensitivity to things that you perceive as a threat to your freedom or your autonomy. So rather than just having a lack of control it's this perception that something is going to get in the way of your control but that's also getting in the way of your need to express your need for uniqueness right so for example this is like scientific consensus right so if there's a scientific consensus that's not okay with me when i'm when i had this motivation for reactance so i want to perceive myself as unique right because i have to go against the grain so the very fact that there is consensus is an issue for me so i've got to be non-conformist and believe a conspiracy theory that yeah. expresses how i'm completely different to the scientific consensus right and that's yeah a big one that we find it's really consistent in the literature yeah and yeah i, th I think social media preys on that oh fuck yeah it does mm. It's the Definitely. idea of, of, you know, being that... Maybe it, we should throw some out there to get popularity. Well, think about one. It, it, <laughs> it's actually hard to think of a really good one. It actually is. Like, yeah. it's really hard to think mm. of a really good one. Like, uh, which, which, is, which brings me to, like, the last segment that mm. I want to kind of do is uh, four of us, we're going to pick a conspiracy theory, all right? Two of us are going to go for and two of us are going to go against, all right? Okay. With, with every type of logical thing that we can do. All right, fine. All right. So who's going with who so then? I, I, I want to go uh, to the moon landing is fake. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Cool. The oh. moon landing is fake? Oh, okay. Well, that's the point. So, all that's right. your argument. Okay. That's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> the moon landing this is, is fake. Risk my case. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. <laughs> all right, no, pick another one. 9-11? No, can they do it? Because I don't know very many. 9-11? Yeah, 9-11's a good one. Or oh, Epstein didn't kill himself is also a good one. Oh, oh that is actually... Case. What's really interesting is is you kind of look like Edward Snowden. I don't know if you've been told that. <laughs> I've never been told that. Thank no, you very much. Now you've said that, I see that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks. Um, so, we've got to, so we've got about five minutes. Um, okay. All right, uh, Epstein. So I'll go yeah, Epstein. So you'll go Epstein didn't kill himself? Yeah, well, can I be with you then? Me yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because so, I'm so not good are, at this. So you, you guys are a team... And uh, uh, Ricky and I are a team that Ep Epstein did kill yeah. himself. Did okay, kill himself. so we didn't. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, sure. he would have to kill himself because considering how much risk there was outside and you've nothing to look forward mm. to in your life, you have to go kill yourself. What other choice did he have? Yeah, no, yes. no. I, I think he did kill himself. And I think there's reasons why he did it as well, as opposed to the government whacking him off. Because he, <laughs> if he didn't kill himself, he was going to have to go to court and he was going to have to pay his victims. He was going to have to see his victims face to face. He didn't want to give them that time or day. He transferred all of his money to his brother three days before he killed himself. He knew he knew what he was doing. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think he, he, I think yeah, he but, killed himself so that he wouldn't have to reparate his victims. That's what. But did you see the, the signatures on, on the documents? They don't look like his signatures. Have you seen them? Honestly, have you seen them? <laughs> I haven't seen signatures. the signatures. They look, they look rushed and shit like he's done it with his left hand. So that, that's what rushed and shit. Out. You know, he's under a lot of stress. <laughs> yeah, he's not, certainly he's not going to be like, look at my handwriting. I wish I, I'm, I'm a calligrapher. Let me put that in my hand. He was under a lot of stress, but I don't, I think that they, somebody must have flown in prior and because he had a lot of connections with the government. I keep going back to this government thing, but he did have a lot of connections with people and like the up there, you know, the higher people. Yeah. And how hard would it be for them all? I mean, there's so much stuff that goes on. So how hard would it be for them to just escape him and put him onto an island? So you're saying that the chances are he's still alive? Yeah, this is... <laughs> a lot of people still think he's alive. No. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a conspiracy not, theory I'm... that says that Jeffrey Epstein is still alive. Jesus Christ. Interesting. Okay. I've only ever heard he didn't kill himself. But that's yeah, like, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> he didn't kill himself. Is that what you're saying? I did I fuck this whole thing? <laughs> so they're, they're saying he did kill himself. Saying. And we're, we're saying he didn't. Someone else killed him. He didn't. Than, you're yes. saying someone oh, yeah, else yeah, killed yeah, him. Yeah. I'm saying yeah. no, he killed himself. Right, okay. Because all the factors okay. kind of, like, if... if like Actually, that makes more sense anyway, that right. somebody else so, killed so himself. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> I'm so that sorry. So my, I left you down so bad just, out of my own confusion. Just leave <laughs> by yourself. It, it was good while it lasted. Well, well the, like there is the... Yeah, so the autopsy uh, showed that the bones in his neck that were broken 
uh, are very unlikely to have been done by someone who killed themselves. It's much more likely to have been done by someone strangling him with pressure from... Who did the autopsy? Yes. Can I ask you who did uh, the autopsy? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, yeah. That's a new conspiracy, though. Do we get to ask? Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's also what... Which is also, uh, I think, part of the research both you guys and Professor Karen has done as well. Well, what is the likelihood of someone believing in one? What's the likelihood that they'll mm. believe in another one? On a, in a parallel like what are the odds of that happening as compared to them going I just believe in one conspiracy theory and that's it so do you find that happens uh, quite often yeah I think it's more likely that you believe in more conspiracy theories that and think that that's actually one of the most strongest and most consistent predictors of any conspiracy belief so if you want to guess whether someone believes in uh, conspiracy theory a all you need to ask them is if they believe in conspiracy theory B, could be re- unrelated, okay? And if they believe in that, they're likely going to believe in this because, yeah, it's this whole rabbit hole thing, right? Yeah, like, they, and, and also all these conspiracy theories, down the end, all connect with each other. The, you know, the further you get down, it starts to become anti-Semitic. It starts to become a small group of a cabal of Jewish people that, that, that run everything. So, you know, all these conspiracy theories connect and end up going towards the same vision uh somewhat yeah that that is more, more people believe in more conspiracy theories than than only believing in one i think that makes sense but there is a, a recent paper that came out as well literally like i think last week where they were basically showing that they were kind of using that that framework to show that people who believed in covid19 conspiracies didn't as didn't necessarily believe in all other, like lots of other conspiracies until yeah. they believed in COVID-19 and what they were saying was mm-hmm. it's possible that COVID-19 is like the weed of conspiracy theories you know it's like the gateway drug or whatever that like gets you the gateway drug and, yeah yeah because <laughs> it's like relevant to everyone you know so yeah that's, that's mm-hmm. I also also am thinking I know that we've lost the debate anyways but, yeah. but I just want to make one more point yeah please please make a point I know. I reckon that somebody else killed him because then all of he would have spilled all their beans. I reckon. Mm, yeah, yeah. There's too much at stake, right? There's way too much, and there's too many high up people there. Well, but but the thing is, so if I love that we're still debating this. Yeah, so, so the risk, <laughs> if if I knew that someone was going to kill me, right? And and I'm sure Jeffrey Epstein, if like he would know that he's in danger. He's a pretty fucking smart guy, right? If if that was the case, I would much rather kill myself because I'm more scared of someone else killing me and not knowing how badly they would hurt me. Like yeah. at least with what myself, you, I'm like. But what if you had like black, blackmail kind of fail safes though? You know, like I, I would imagine if he's that smart, you know, I would imagine that he would be able to avoid a situation like this where he would be, you know, under threat of someone else killing him and the only I, I think, is to I kill think, himself. You know, I think he's been avoiding it for 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 a very long time. He'd already been in he'd already been in courts. He'd already been mm-hmm. let go. He was, he was, you know, he was, he he was, he was done. He knew it. He was locked up. There's no, he was not getting back out. No blackmail was going to sort him out. Which is Um, what's happening to Ghislaine Maxwell now. Ghislaine Maxwell mm -hmm. is finally in jail and all her appeals are being rejected. And Mm -hmm. she is powerful. Like she is, Mm -hmm. she, she knows a lot of, Mm a lot of people high up. Like that's it. She's, she's hit the end. And yeah. And, and then people kind of back off when there's enough people that are like, you're a piece of shit. And they're like, I don't want to associate with that person anymore. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I would do, right? If yeah, I was, you would. I'd be like, no, fuck off. Yeah, like, if I got you? a bad rep, you'd just be like, fuck this bitch. I don't know her. <laughs> yeah, she's a girl, yeah. not, not Trump, though. Did you see what he said uh, on, on news when he talked about Ghislaine Maxwell? Oh, so, yeah, is been... it, so is it Ghislaine? I, I think it's Helene. I think it's supposed to be oh, Helene. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so many different ways to say. Yeah. <laughs> but what did she? Say? Uh, yeah. What did Trump say? Well, yes, yeah, she had been taken in, uh, arrested, and uh, under the charges. And then uh, a news reporter asked him uh, in one of his press briefings, like about Max, well, uh, whatever her name is. How, how do you feel about it? He goes, "Oh." She's a really good person. I hope she's all right or something like that. But basically, just I wish her well. Her right? loads. I wish, yeah, her, I wish well. her well. Yeah, that was it. I wish <laughs> her well. It's a half ass thing to <laughs> say as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. well. It is a nice thing to say. He <laughs> 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 just wishes her well, yeah. What yeah, any but, good Christian would do. But, but the whole <laughs> idea of, you know, uh, the, the whole cabal of, like, people, um, you know, drinking children's blood, like... That, that's that's the scary part. There is some truth to to that element of pedophilia. Like uh, I, I don't know if you've ever watched one of my favorite documentary is uh, Madeline McCann. You guys would know Madeline McCann's story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this the Netflix one? McCann. Yeah, the the Netflix uh, documentary, and it talks about uh, this private investigator in Spain 
who looked into uh, who helped the family look for Ghislaine and he went to the on the dark web and he started uh, finding all these pedophilia groups oh yeah and he tried to be one of them so that he could mm. see if he could get you know any information and he said the kind of things the brutality yeah it's pretty fucked up of where humans could go to he's like i can never not remember it he's like that'll forever be etched so uh, that that's the scary part is like there is some truth to it i think it's yeah. hard to differentiate because anything seems possible in a world like this anyway because you hear so many horror stories and you hear so many horrible things that happen to people that people do to each other that it's not far fetched. No, it's not. To believe that this could be a thing. No, that until Me Too came out, people thought that sexual assault hardly ever happens. And as soon yeah. as Me Too came out, it was like holy shit. But I think it's it's one of those things that like really shows the power, right? Because it, it is in these situations with Me Too and with the pedophilia stuff like it does seem to be one rule for them and another for everyone else, right? Because I mean, in these these documentaries I've seen where they, you know, catch pedophiles by talking to them on chat rooms oh, and that kind uh, of thing. catching a predator. It's always like yeah, exactly, but it's always like one individual person and like of course, you know, they need to catch these people and that kind of thing, but when we look at it on the level of like the Epstein thing or whatever, you know, that's that's coordinated cooperation of like a you know sex trafficking ring and that kind of thing and they get away with it a lot of the time you know and uh, i'm not saying all the time but you know it seems like most of the time i mean look at kevin spacey he's still just making those like threatening videos right and have you seen have you seen his monologues they're fucking amazing so like they're so fucking amazing and i go that's scary it's an annual annual thing now right like i kind of on Christmas, I'm like, all right, okay, I don't really like the guy anymore, but I do want to do <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The Queen's speech. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the really uh, weird thing about this is when the Kevin Spacey thing was going on, I was actually shooting a movie, and one of the actors, he was doing a play up in Sydney, and he said that uh, Kevin Spacey actually uh, came to do, I think he was doing Richard Third or something all around the world. Mm-hmm. So when he came up to Sydney... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mate was also doing a play at Sydney Theatre Company, so they kind of Kevin Spacey and his whole team came to watch the show, and then he, he and his team invited all of them to his ship, to his not ship, to his yacht, which was docked at the Sydney Harbour. Yeah, ship. Um, well, if it's it was probably that big, <laughs> like, but it was so probably a fucking large. ship. And my mate went to it, and he was like, "Dude, it was full of young guys. It was just Whoa. full of it." He was like, he had like three or four, just like boy toys around him the whole time there was the thing i saw that was on uh, i don't know, even know what the forum is it was some i've not been on it so it might have been like tumblr or something but this was from like 2015 and it was like a screenshot of it and someone had unearthed it like when the kevin spacey stuff came out and basically it was someone you know three years prior they went to cambodia and they saw Ke- this sounds like bullshit but it was just like really weird law you know from the internet where they said they were in cambodia and they saw this group of kids all around Kevin Spacey and Kevin Spacey was like massaging one of the kids and everyone just wrote it off as some bullshit comment on the internet which it probably was and then you know three years later it comes out that he actually was you know doing I love that. also the fact that he was in that movie what was it the the oh, one American Beauty yeah mm. yeah 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 mm-hmm. yeah he yeah. seems yeah yeah looking back on the roles seems like yeah. he played the perfect roles <laughs> <laughs> so it came naturally and in an interview, his brother actually said, his brother admitted, he's like, you guys think of Kevin as like this now. He's like, Kevin has always been like this. Yeah, I think that idea of looking at him in Cambodia and like having kids around him, like that's... That's a bit, yeah. Well, it, it seems it seems so off, but at the same time, like, it's it's these worlds are so secretive. Like, they're so secretive. Mm. I think the more you know, the less you know. I, I was just wondering whether, like, you know, it's celebrities, right? And... I'm just thinking about secrets and okay, celebrities, their lives are meant to be ours now, right? We're meant to be able to know everything about them. And that's the only reason why these things come out. It's not maybe because they're holding secrets. Maybe they're just doing what every one of us does. We lead private lives and we do things. Yeah. But I'm just saying, let's say you do something really kinky and you might not want to know, right? But like, you know, you lead that private life. Sorry, there was just a thought that I had in my head, and I'm not sure, quite sure what I'm saying. No, that's actually interesting. But, yeah, and I was just wondering about the word secrets, because it's not like they're keeping secrets, they're just leaving their private life. It's it privacy. Yeah, but because privacy. it comes out of Actually, a that's a big one, privacy versus secrecy. Mm. Where do you draw yeah, the I think, line? I think that's what I'm getting, yeah, a little bit confused about. Cause, that's um, a good point, 
obviously if it's something uh, bad then yeah the, whether it's secret private you know it's a bad thing but I was just wondering yeah just thinking of that difference between yeah secrecy and privacy I think privacy is more so your own thing but if if it affects other people that's secrecy mm-hmm. that's when you kind of that's mm-hmm. like you're holding a secret because it's affecting other people right like cheating secrecy you know like if you're doing something like that whereas if you're writing in your own journal that's your privacy mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, think when it's, I think when it's shit it's secrecy. What is good, it's privacy. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, but you can have like some really, like, you can have some really dark thoughts that you're journaling or maybe you fucking, I don't know, write songs or you write poetry or like you have these conversations with a, another person that are quite private because they're sharing things with you and vice versa. That is what you would call privacy. But if you're, you know, doing something that will affect another person and you're deliberately hiding that, that's when it becomes a secret. True. What about something like autoerotic asphyxiation or something? I guess that only hurts the person, right? <laughs> <laughs> I love that you went straight there. You'll find, well, there's someone that walks in and finds the person, you know, when that's gone wrong. Yeah, I watched this video of a woman who's addicted to eating poo. Oh. Addicted mm-hmm. to eating poo? Yeah, yeah. And she's she's a hoarder, so she's just got piles of poo just lying. That is funny. Uh... I thought you were Girl. talking about two girls, one cup or something. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Actually, has stuff like... No, 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 house. but actual people who are addicted to e- eating poo. Of course. That so there are people out there who... Yeah, okay, oh. that's a great, great we're, note we're to... Le- <laughs> great <laughs> note to leave. We're I love that. Curry, everything's okay. Everything goes down. It's fucked up. It's... <laughs> Okay, yes. We've discussed pedophilia and, and shit fetishes on this podcast. And to get us. Well, I think we should call it a day. Yeah. We should never meet again. <laughs> we should definitely meet again. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was really fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no thank comment. you so much for both of your time. Um, it was really great talking to you. And thank you for your ideas and and your work and especially making it normal. Thanks for having us on. (laughs) (laughs) It was our absolute pleasure. It was. It was really good. Thanks, guys. All right. See ya. See ya. See ya. ya.